So we recently asked our community page to give us hot takes in pro wrestling today. And surprisingly, a lot of them revolved around Tony Khan and his booking of AEW. Is he overrated as a booker? Is he holding AEW back? Has he peaked as a booker in AEW? We'll debate it next on the Squared Circle Psycho Battle. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, is Tony Khan an overrated booker for AEW? I don't think he's overrated because to assume that he just had all of the success that he's had with AEW, with Dynamite, everything else that he's done, he'd have to be the luckiest guy in the world. He didn't get here by accident the same way Vince McMahon didn't find success by accident either. Now, will I say that the bar is, at least in the United States right now, set pretty low? I, I think that a lot of people would agree with that because it's not meant to be a knock at the WWE, but at the same time, they're very different in their approach. When you talk about booking, WWE is entertainment. Whether you want to say pro wrestling, uh, uh, entertainment, whatever you want to define it as, WWE is a different take on pro wrestling. Vince McMahon's vision is very much different than what Tony Khan's is, and the expectation of those fan bases and the people that report on it are going to be very different as well. It, it is no secret that, you know, Meltzer, I guess, as the guy who probably has the biggest, or I, I don't know if you say the biggest, but the most loyal fan base or the most divert, um, divisive, whatever, however you want to define it, He's going to probably gravitate more towards what Tony Khan is booking or even New Japan Pro Wrestling because WWE caters to a different fan base. With Tony Khan, sometimes the decisions that he makes with certain wrestlers can be questioned. He certainly delivered on some pretty big matches in some pretty big moments in some pretty big pay-per-views. So, no, I, I don't think he's overrated. And I was actually going back and forth a little bit on Twitter before we were recording this, and someone brought a great analogy into this, and this is what I think Tony Khan is. Tony Khan is like today's all-star baseball players. They either hit home runs or they strike out. And I think Tony Khan, as a booker, kind of does that. He has hit plenty of home runs. I think where the AEW world champion, for the most part, have been home runs. Jericho had a great first run, followed by Moxley, followed by Omega, and Hangman Page. It's early on, but mm, compared to the other three, might have dropped the ball. I understand people also say MJF versus CM Punk might be one of the best feuds we've seen in a long time. And I will agree with that. It has been great. However, I also think there's a lot of fans out there that put Tony Khan on this pedestal. Like he is a, like one of the greatest bookers of all time. Tony Khan is a good booker. He is not one of the greatest bookers ever. He is not this, you know, God's answer to wrestling booking. In, that, in my mind, when people do that, you're overrating Tony Khan. And there are plenty, plenty of examples of this. He does not know how to book big men. He does not know how to book a women's division. He does not know how to use this ranking system that's supposed to separate AEW from WWE. He doesn't know how to rank these guys. It's so random. And we've said that over and over again. While I think that it's uh, those things are definitely true, I do think that Creating compelling pro wrestling in today's environment with the tribalism uh, and the fan base, with the fact that there is competition outside of just WWE and pr the pro wrestling world, I think that mixed martial arts and UFC is a, is a much bigger threat to the pro wrestling industry than anybody realizes. Because Correct. I'll agree. For lack of a better term, it is it is real and wrestling is a simulated fight. And a lot of the fan base that was following probably during the Attitude Era now gravitated towards that. 
and th- they're kind of like, okay, well, this is more grown up for me. You know, I- I'm not going to go back to pro wrestling unless it ends up being a Stone Cold or some other big name from the past, the nostalgia acts, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that he books big men particularly well? No, I don't. Uh, do I like the ranking system? I like the idea of the ranking system. I think it's extremely arbitrary and based on uh, what they feel best fits their needs and what they want to portray on TV. And at that point, it's like, well, why do you have the ranking system? Just tell a good story exactly. and people will tune in. Exactly. Now, Wardlow is the exception to that rule uh, as far as big men are concerned. But again... That's not because of his position in the ranking. It's because of the story that got him there. And that's part of the good the good booking, so to speak. So I'm not trying to take away from the fact that I think he's done a lot of good in the industry and his matchmaking and stuff like that. But, you know, you kind of take the good with the bad. Uh, the women's division, I agree. Outside of Britt Baker, who essentially, t- in my mind, put that women's division on her back and elevated along with jade jade's been been good i do think that aew very much heavily relies on the shock factor the debut factor they have some people that have debuted that have gone on to have good runs so far adam coles has been kind of up and down that weird thing that they were trying to do with orange cassidy most people myself are are going to question that and some people are going to look the other way because they do want to wear blinders and, and just be like okay well this guy's great we will eat up whatever happens in the ring. So, you know, for me, not so much. I, I think that Adam Cole should have been positioned uh, at the level he's at right now throughout the entirety of his time there. Um, Jay Lethal, they are doing stuff with him right now. But again, it's like you bring guys in, positioning them as these big stars, sometimes rightfully so, or at least you want to portray them as big stars. And why wouldn't you? If you're bringing them into your company. If you're investing in them, you want them to be big stars. All right. So I bring out all the the negative things that I think overrates Tony Khan as a booker. What makes you say he's not overrated? And people, you know, rightfully so, tell, say that he is this really good booker. Outside of the okay. CM Punk yep. and MJF storyline, which I will admit that was a... <sighs> Once in a few years, great storyline that delivered in the dog collar match. I'll give you that. But what other examples can you give me where it's like, this guy knows what he's doing? In my opinion, the job of the booker is to put two wrestlers or two factions together that he thinks are going to tell a good story. And it's up to that to, to the talent, essentially, to deliver on it. You're giving a painter a canvas and paint, and it's up to the wrestlers to kind of paint it. Now, you can give some direction and say, ah... Oh, why didn't you paint this? Why don't you do that? But ultimately, it's up to the artist to go and paint that picture. And, mm-hmm. and it, whether it comes out like a Picasso painting or it comes out like a two-year-old did it, it kind of depends on on who's doing it, you know, and how talented the artist is. So Tony Khan has given a lot of good wrestlers the opportunity to go out there and essentially perform on a canvas, right? We just talked about Wardlow. Look at where Wardlow started versus where he is now. Now, you could say that's because of Wardlow. You could say because that's of MJF. But it can also be credited to Tony Khan because, I mean, look, he gave him the opportunity. CM Punk, while some people are kind of underwhelmed by his run, I think that his run with his feud with MJF is one of the better storylines in all of pro wrestling in in a very long time. You have to give credit to Tony Khan for saying, look, you two guys, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go into a major pay-per-view. This is the type of match you're going to have, even to a certain extent with what's going on with Ring of Honor. And, and just looking at pro wrestling right now, 
since WCW, nobody's been able to challenge Vince McMahon and put that pressure on them. TNA certainly didn't do it. And there was a lot of talented people that were working there. You have to credit Tony Khan for at least putting a little bit of pressure on Vince in that sense, based on the fact that, you know, he's booking the shows that are now challenging WWE. Right. No, I agree. Like there, he has, I'm not saying he's a bad booker by any means. I just think, right. I think a lot of people turn the other way on some of his criticisms or the things he could do better while they point out everything wrong with any other promotion. Like he is like, he's invincible. And when you think, when you rate him that good, I'm sorry, you're, you are overrating him. So you don't have a problem with people saying he's a good booker. You have a problem with people saying he's one of the best of all time, yes. which I, I don't, I'm not ready to put him in that category because it's a short, a very short sample set. And we right. also have to remember this. We have to remember this. Aside from maybe being a good successful booker, which I think we both agree to a certain extent, he is a good booker, mm-hmm. depending on how you look at it. He's also been extremely lucky. You know, because you're not going to get very many times where you're going to get free agents just to come along like an Adam Cole, a Brian Danielson, a John Moxley, a Chris Jericho. Those are guys that you can literally go out there and just rely on because of their past success. Mm -hmm. They're already made stars that you're importing and just kind of injecting into your program. Mm -hmm. Did that happen with WCW? A little bit, but Eric Bischoff took... Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and took Razor and Diesel and brought them from here to here with the NWO. Were there missteps with that and just everything in WCW? Yeah, obviously, that's why they're not in business. But right now, Tony Khan finds himself in a position where he's had a lot of individuals who've come from other companies and every single week or every big pay-per-view, he's had the opportunity to bring one of those people out. Whether they deliver long-term or short-term, you know, we still have to wait and see, but that's something that's benefited him, which he's not always going to be able to rely on because there's not many people that are going to just go to AEW. Uh, Vince is signing people to longer contracts. And, you know, at some point, you're going to have to start develop the younger generations, the Daniel Garcia's, the Lee Moriarty's, the whoever else, the four pillars. You're going to have to bring those people up because you're not going to be able to rely on the surprise forever. And I think that's kind of the problem right now is Tony Khan has a lot of crutches that he goes to. I think it's just, you're starting to see it with some fans, at least pointing out some of these crutches. And I, you know, this was one of the hot takes that I saw in the community page is that Tony Khan relies too much on stipulation matches or death matches or, you know, some yeah. of this other stuff where like, for example, Adam Cole versus hangman page is having a Texas death match. Is it a Texas <laughs> death match because it's warranted for that? Or is it just because they're in the state of Texas, so we need a Texas death match? Similar to where, like, WWE, do we need a Hell in a Cell match, or are we just making it a Hell in a Cell match because it's a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view? Well, not not only that, but, I mean, you look at the Hardys. They've had, what, three matches together, and I think all three of them has maybe been, like, a ladder match or a table match. Look, I get it. That's their thing. But you're, like, why? That doesn't need to happen on a weekly basis. I don't need to see Jeff Hardy, who's probably like 40 some odd years old, jumping off the top of balconies. At the same way, I don't see, need to see Sting, who's 60 years old, jumping off balconies either. But that's not, that's uh, not to, on Tony Khan's booking. Let's, let's separate that, though. That's not Tony Khan's booking. That's just no, no, how no, matches but, are portrayed. So who's booking it is, is what you're saying. And, and this is the point I'm making. If Tony Khan's the one that's booking that on a weekly basis... 
it's to me in my mind at some point your fan base is going to get a little exhausted with that and it's kind of it's you're going to lose the allure of the oh my god the oh shit moment because every time somebody jumps off a balcony how are you going to get that same reaction every single time Britt baker has a match that's neither no holds barred or a cage match and she's getting thrown in thumbtacks it just becomes white noise like at some point fans are just gonna be like seen it balconies 10 feet high okay make them jump off 20 feet it's 20 feet, make it 25. I saw Cody Moonsault off the top of a cage, then they do it again. This is why, uh, and I'll give you a small example of this. I've been watching wrestling for, I don't know, 20 plus years, maybe closer to, probably closer to 30 at this point. Yeah. And you have too. So in the match with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens gave Stone Cold Steve Austin a suplex on the concrete. Now, I knew how dangerous and how devastating that could be for Stone Cold because of his past histories with neck injuries and stuff like that. But at the same time, that's a spot that you've seen so many times. And if you've watched wrestling for long enough, you're probably just conditioned to be like, it's just a suplex on concrete because you've seen so much other crazy shit. Mm-hmm. So that at that point, you have to sit back and say, okay, Tony Khan, do we really need to do a death match? Do we really need a ladder match? Do we really need uh, Britt Baker to get thrown in tax every single week or every time she has some type of crazy match? I don't think so. They have more than enough talent there. So that probably is another one of those questionable booking things. Right. And I think as far as what goes into the match i don't think tony khan's going out there and be like we need a we need a thumbtack spot we need you know the moonsault off the top of the cage we need jeff hardy going off the top of the ladder i don't think as a booker that's what he's doing they have producers and the wrestlers plan out their matches and that's what they feel needs to get the best reaction from the crowd the thing that the booker does have an effect on is the finish and i think what happens a lot in AEW is while we don't get the surprise roll-up finish like in WWE, we do have a lot of distracted finishes to help protect a wrestler, more particularly the big men. A lot of times, Lance Archer will go on a big run on Dark, have all these wins, be ranked number one, and then lose to Dustin Rhodes off a distraction. Or when he challenged for the TNT Championship, he lost to Cody because of a distraction. Powerhouse Hobbs has been look, has looked dominant on Dark and even... Dominant in like that in between match segments, but then when it comes to a big match on either Dynamite or Rampage, he loses by distraction. We just recently saw that against Keith Lee. We saw that against Orange Cassidy, and this is kind of the problem too. These are guys that you want to build as stars, but when you make them look like idiots, we got to point that out. That and that that's the main thing. Like I I do think Tony Khan is a good booker. I think he's free of criticism. No, and I think a lot of fans. Because of a number of reasons, maybe even mostly their hatred of another specific promotion, WWE, are willing to just turn a blind eye to a lot of the shortcomings. I I watch Dynamite every single week. I like anywhere from 75 to 99% of everything I see. Does that mean that just because I like AEW, I need to support 100% of it? I don't think so. And I think some fans truly believe like they get offended if you point something out. No, I don't enjoy this. I didn't like this. I, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? And it's like, you know, you, you're allowed to have an opinion on certain things. Yes. So, so somehow in this 20 minute conversation, I flipped your, your stance on this. It looks like, because you're agreeing with a lot of the things I'm saying. Yeah, well, well, no, uh, I, I, I don't think he's overrated, uh, but I do agree with some of your points. I think, cause 
I mean, look, to, to assume he's overrated, do you think he's better than like Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon, whoever the hell is booking WWE? Um, I don't know. I think the bar's a little low there. Yes. Uh, Ring of Honor. Okay, he owns that. Impact. Really? <laughs> uh, New Japan. Don't follow it enough to really give an opinion. I mean, New Japan was very good for quite a long time, but pandemic hurt them. Yes, it did. Look, you you bring up a compelling argument, and I know people are going to agree with you, and some people are going to go irate because of exactly what we said. There's just people who don't want to accept the criticism. Everything you said, I think, holds water, and you can make a, a good argument for it. I just... AW has had too much success in too short of a period of time for me to sit up here and just be like, yeah, you know what? He's overrated. Um, is he the greatest of all time? No. By that standard, I would say, okay, sure. If you're saying that he's one of the best bookers ever, then you could probably be like, yeah, no way. But by today's standard, he's delivering content and compelling shows with compelling storylines more, I think, than he isn't. And that's enough for me. So I'll throw 10 names at you. You just tell me whether or not Tony Khan's booked them right in AEW so far. Fair? Go ahead. All right. Sure. Number one, Chris Jericho. Yes. Brian Danielson. Yes. CM Punk. Yes. Darby Allen. At times. MJF. Yes. Sammy Guevara. Reluctantly. Sammy Guevara. Overrated. <laughs> Positioned correctly. Positioned correctly, but overrated. Row the coattails of Chris Jericho. Can't talk. Scorpio Sky. Super talented. No. Jay Lethal. No. Adam Cole. Mm, yeah. Eddie Kingston. Yeah. So more, more often than not, you're saying yes, with some hesitancy on a couple, and one, obviously, no. Which is one of the four pillars in Sammy Guevara. Look, you look at look, you look at where some of those people are positioned. I reluctantly said yes to Adam Cole because again, he made the great debut, which was awesome. He was put in a position where it looked like they were going to do a lot with him, and then he lost. And yes, he lost a match. I don't care if it was unsanctioned. Oh well, it didn't count. It counted. I saw it. He lost to Orange Cassidy. Should not have happened. Shouldn't have happened. And again, I'm not to get get into a whole rant about Orange Cassidy, but you know, I, if there's one fault. One of the biggest faults of Tony Khan, it's like, you know, you bring these guys in, you position them where it's like, oh my God, the next big thing, whatever, all the pomp and circumstance. You didn't bring up Keith Lee. That would have been an automatic no. Hell no. You know, we've had a great debate on this. You guys could debate in the comment section all you want. Tell us if you think Tony Khan is or is not overrated. And don't forget to share us over social media We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, SCPB Podcast. Subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Psycho